welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. Um, yeah, glad you made it. Uh, I think we're going to have, hopefully we're going to have Peter and Reed on. We'll find out. I totally forgot we were supposed to be recording today. And then um, Reed messaged me and asked me if, uh, if where we do in the pod, what's going on with the capital SIR, S-I-R. He capitalized the sir in two text messages. Pod today, question mark, second text message, sir. And then I asked him if he wanted to host today. He said no. He's a real wizard, this Reed. <laughs> He's a wily coyote. <laughs> you can't catch this guy. You can't really ever know where he is, what he is, why he is. He's he's a he's very, you know. I don't even know if he listens to any of these shows at all, uh, that even the ones he's in, but he's, he's very, um, he's like antimatter, you know, like if, if this is matter, if like what is, is what is he shows up to be what's not, or he, he doesn't show up or he's, or he says, I don't know. He just, he is just the antithesis of whatever wants to be. That's kind of how it, that's his vibe. Like if he's showing up, it's not going to go the way it's not going to go the way you think it's going to go. Or at least that's how he uh, how he uh, expresses it himself with me, <laughs> or that's how he seems to appear in my world. Uh, and that's that's something we could talk about till people get here. Is you know what is my world? What's the difference between my world and the world? Is the world all the news of the day? Is it all the things I'm supposed to be paying attention to with, uh, with our country or the or a country or different political systems or cultural climates or anything, religious institutions, social organizations, you know, would you say that's the world? And then my world is wherever is like whatever I'm currently experiencing. My thoughts, my feelings, what's in front of my eyes. What I'm, what I'm currently seeing in front of my eyes, you know, what I'm currently experiencing. These are the questions. These are the questions I ponder, you know, and it makes me wonder. It's like, you know, a lot of times I think, do I just have my head in the sand because I'm just not interested? Well, uh, I find myself going on Twitter and, and you know, I, I stay up on the news. Um, I don't know why I do that. Uh, because I'm not interested in in emotionally or mentally becoming involved with any of it. I guess I just like to see. I like to see the world, but I don't like to embody or or take it upon myself. And I don't think the human brain is is built to sustain the massive amount of troubles that could be seen or the quote unquote problems presented through you know, the lens of media, whatever form that takes, whether it's somebody just sharing their themselves on social media, or it's a, an organization presenting an article that says something else. I don't know. I don't know. I like to stay out of the world. And, uh, and I don't even, and now that I think about it is I don't really, I'm not really interested in being in my world either. <laughs> so where does that leave me? If I'm not interested in the world, and I'm really not interested in my world, which is whatever it is I'm placing upon 
experience or reality as it's unfolding. You know, my thoughts about reality, my feelings, like these things aren't, are, uh, these things are passing through. I'm not, I'm not too interested in engaging with those as well. <laughs> so where does that leave me? <laughs> where does that leave us? It leaves us with a, with a podcast where, where I get to talk about what it's like to talk about what it's like to talk about being me, which I came to, I came to an interesting acceptance over the weekend. You know, somebody asked me, they said, what is your podcast about? Um, and you know, I haven't known how to describe it. And every time someone asks and Peter's around, I'll ask Peter to describe it. And anytime, you know, I, 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 and I'll say, I don't know. And then I'll start to come up with things that may or may not be what it's about. And uh, my response this weekend was, uh, it's about me. It's basically just about me. You know? Whatever this is, whatever this, this character is, whatever this form is, it's about that, this, this perspective. It's about this perspective that, that, that um, that the character of me uh, grapples with, I guess. And I guess I use the podcast as a means to uncover or see things I wouldn't be able to see otherwise. Like just the, the process of, of sharing and having people come on the show and um, asking questions it, it, and then listening to these things after they're, they're published, listening back, it, it, helps me, it helps me see myself and helps me figure out if what I'm thinking is true or not. If, uh, or, or, or a lot of times it's just hearing something that makes me, f that, that, that is helpful. You know, a lot of things Peter say, says are helpful. Tons of things Peter says. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes Peter can really get on one, but like a lot of times he says some helpful shit. Same with Reed. And I like watching, I guess it's, you know, it boils down to entertainment. I'm entertained by it. It's, um, I guess it's just, um, a tool, not a tool. I don't even want to call it a tool. It's like a plaything, something I can play with to create my own entertainment. To create, um, but then it boils down to you know, like, well, what is the podcast, right? It's it's me. I'm entertained by what it is I experience, and I'm entertained by what it is I share. It's been a it's been a wild week so far. Shared spaces back on the forefront. We're running a test right now with about 10 people. People are sharing on it. Oh, I've been at, I'm at, I've been at this development game for years now. And, um, you know, I, it's, it's just, I don't even know what I want to say about it. Uh, I've been working a lot this week. Yeah, I don't think I have anything to say about it. I thought I, I thought I was going to share a little bit about what it's been like. There's been anger. There's been frustration. There's just been angst. There's been why. Why am I still doing this? Why is this still going on? You know, there's been, uh, you know, my my mind is trying to uh, place, like uh, like place place it on an object, and um, 
I was actually messaging Reed about that earlier today while I was occurring. We had a, oh, there he is. Holy shit, all I had to do was mention your name. You think you have power over me, you son of a bitch? <laughs> Summon me like a goddamn genie. Wow. Yeah, so I was uh, I was texting Reed earlier. I just did like a like a ten minute monologue on the Zoom. Yeah, I just I just started talking once I started once I once I opened it up. Are you talking to anyone right now, or just into the void? Into the <laughs> into the void, <laughs> into the void. Like when I joined, it was into the void. Yeah, like when you joined, I had been talking into the void. No. How's it going? What are you doing? I just uh, did some work. Um, work meeting. Now I'm going to go stay outside in the sun with y'all. Um, you know, the other week I wanted to quit work. And then I just like, I just applied like a little bit of effort. I didn't hate my job anymore. And you didn't hate it anymore? Yeah. It's like I hate it when I'm not doing anything. And I know they know I'm not doing anything. And I feel like an imposter. And like I'm trying to hide from them and shit. But then I put in just like a couple hours of effort. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm a fucking fantastic developer. I'm great at my job. I feel completely secure and I don't hate my, I don't hate it anymore. Oh, that's interesting. What do you think that that's interesting? Oh. Then this, you know, this kind of cycle happens where like I pull back because I want to focus on other things. And then because I'm not applying myself at work as much, I start feeling not so good about my performance. And then it's the same thing that happened in college. Uh, forget a homework assignment. I don't want to show up to class because I know I don't have the assignment. And then I don't show up to class. Then I don't want to show up the next day because I missed the previous day of class and I didn't have the assignment. And so it's like, I put myself in a position where I want to pull back from the thing and in pulling back, it deepens the position that makes me want to pull back. Yeah. That's a, probably a common phenomenon in most people's lives. No, absolutely. It's, it's, yeah, it's like, um, it makes me think like a lot of things, the things Peter says on the show, I think are, worthy of attention like like just the the idea of intention the idea of like like uh embodying a character like embodying like a more out like a character code you know like being someone that does the work yeah uh because i've um, been in that i've been in that loop dude like when i stop when i fall off like 
I just fall off. I, it's, it's, and you don't know why it's happening. But like, I, you don't go to class. You know, I don't, I don't want to set myself up with the identity of someone who just does the work or whatever, you know, the stand up guy kind of stuff. Um, this, then I get in a position where I'm not living authentically. And then I've got to emulate a bunch of stuff that's just not true or not me. <laughs> it's like going into a relationship, like what would a stand-up guy do? Well, then you're fucked because you're in a relationship with someone who thinks they're in a relationship with a stand-up guy. Now you're stuck being a stand-up guy for the rest of the relationship. And that's, if that's not you, that means that requires a constant effort to be slightly different, slightly better, slightly this, slightly that. I don't, you know, I'm not going to be a good employee. I don't want to, I don't want them to think I'm a great, I am sometimes, but sometimes I'm not. And I want that freedom to be the employee who fucks up sometimes, you know? <laughs> I, yeah. I, you know I, I like the freedom of being the guy who's not the but yeah. then I don't have this big, this big ego thing about like, oh, I can't let him down. I'm, I gotta work, gotta work extra hard this weekend or whatever to get the shit done. And be like, maybe sometimes I will, but sometimes be like, no, I'm not doing it. The idea, the idea of who you who you are for the company can take over you. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. It takes I forget what I am or I forget who I am and I think I'm this I think I'm employee x902 and this is the performance that employee produces and then your mind starts telling yeah your mind starts telling you you have to perform a certain way because you've you've allowed or in some sense you've allowed yourself to be identified by whatever position you are mm -hmm. yeah that takes the same thing happens in other places like I, I come up with a goal for myself but then i forget that i'm the one who chose that goal and then all of a sudden that goal oh i'm supposed to be this way at work it's not a self-chosen goal anymore it's a requirement it has to be done i can't I can't mess up. Like it's got to be done at all costs. And that limits your freedom. Well, it creates this mental burden. It creates fear. Suddenly there's fear around it. It's like, I don't know. I'll get it. I'm trying to make up like an analogy or something, but it's like, it's, it's like choosing to play checkers with someone. But then, um, no, I can't. I don't know. I'm not able to formulate it right now. I know what you. I know what you're saying. It's um... okay. It's like choosing to play checkers with someone. But then, halfway into the game, uh, you start believing if I can't get them to king me or whatever, that the world's going to end. That I need to flip the board over. Like, I think we fall into that pretty easily. But at the beginning, I chose to engage in this activity because I thought it would be fun. Then midway through, I have to win. Mm. 
I, I can't lose. They can't take that piece. I have to take that piece. So the, so the idea is if you accept, if you allow yourself to be a loser. It's, it's, can you be, can you go into it and remain with it? Resting perfectly in the acceptance that I can, I can be a loser. That it's perfectly acceptable to lose. It's just as acceptable to lose it as, as it is to win. In fact, it might be a more beneficial experience to lose hmm. than to win. No, so acceptance of all outcomes. Yeah, well, you know, it's beyond that. It's forgetting outcomes entirely. What the fuck do the outcomes have to do with me? I'm trying, I'm engaging in a game for fun. When did I decide how the game needs to that's that's fucking psychotic. I don't have fun if I win. That's insane. What does that what does winning have to do with playing the game at all? Absolutely nothing. Nothing. It's really an arbitrary condition. Like we we make up the idea of a winner and loser so that there's a game that can be played. So, but wouldn't but you say that the out. game the the game create there's like deeper there's like a deeper level of of liveliness when you know that you could win yeah there's there's a goal but it's again it's the idea that we buy into this goal knowing it's made up but at some point we forget we opted in to this game system and start taking it literally or seriously yeah I'm like supposed it, to win I have to win and it and it somehow denotes your your worth uh your existence even yeah then we, yeah that and that's even double psychotic we start attaching a, an identity to how many games i've won damn yeah like, uh you could go into that one it's like well, i'll identify well i'll take pride in winning a game yet i am not responsible for any of the circumstances that led to me winning that like i didn't I didn't choose the brain I have. I didn't choose the skill I have. I didn't choose. Dude, this happened on Guild Wars 2 to me yesterday. I played my first ever PvP match. Uh-huh. Player versus player. And it was so fun. It was so lively. And I really wanted to win, dude. And I was like on the squad with four other people. And they were decked out. They had like all the hero armor and shit. And I was like, man, we're gonna, we're gonna pwn, dude. It's going down. And we won, and I'm looking at my stats, how much damage did I do, how many kills did I get, because I wanted to see my performance. Mm -hmm. But I knew that it was it, it was some, like, I felt like, I felt like maybe that the software engineers code first-time players in with epic players so they can feel what it's like to win. Because we, we won so hard, dude, like, we crushed them. But mm -hmm. I don't think it was because of anything I did. Yeah. But it was still a good feeling. So it's, yeah, it's 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 fun to look, look at that kind of yeah. It's fun to. Well, so when it comes to like, there's certain situations where it's fun to win, and other situations where it's actually not. Like when I play a game with my girlfriend, I don't feel good when I win, because that means she lost. But like. 
at some point the the there a drive takes out like i'll play the game with her with the intention of we're just gonna have fun you know it's it's about just enjoying time together at some point this drive kicks in like wait a minute i'm we're gonna you know we're having fun but i i still need to win like i can't i can't just let her win <laughs> um and like that that was more prominent like a few years ago um and it was it was very hard to like like let let that go and then now i find like when i do win i don't it's not worth it. it's like who cares but when she wins it's like oh i'm actually happier are you are um, you are you limiting your play are you like going easier when you play games it depends sometimes i mean usually like yeah, that's, would you, that's would you but it is reasonable to say, and I'm just projecting my own experience, that you could be just putting handicaps on yourself to make the game more enjoyable. Um, yeah, sometimes I find that it's like not actually necessary for me to do that, but um, and like, yeah, there would be times when like I'm like, all right, I'm gonna let her win, but then like she starts winning, I'm like, wait, maybe I'm not gonna let her win. <laughs> Yeah. Huh. Should we, should we make a disclaimer to our dear um, listeners that we only do ayahuasca once every two weeks? Oh, shit. You're right. We <laughs> could talk about that. That's wow. Yeah, we only, we only do yeah. ayahuasca once every two weeks. Well, not every day. Okay. But, but on, holiday, on, on holiday months, we do it. We'll do a series of every day for two weeks. Intravenously. <laughs> ayahuasca. Uh, yeah, we, we go hard on the ayahuasca for holidays, but generally speaking throughout the year, it's, it's only once every two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> wow i'd forgotten about that if you did that would you just eventually turn into like i'm thinking of the movie altered states you just become like some like primordial ooze like if you did it for every two weeks for years would you just eventually merge with like that's what it, that's what it was like after I, I had my waking up experience. I, I people's bodies, people t talking to me, I, it felt like I just couldn't believe there was these uh, amiable formatic pieces of flesh matter communicating words with their mouth. I couldn't. Everything felt like ooze. Uh -huh. Yeah, I guess similar. To that. But yeah, I. Uh, um. From what I understand, because I did that whole podcast with Markham, he's a shaman. Like he's a, that's what he does. From what I understand, it basically opens up, it, it, it removes, it removes the mental framework that's preventing you from experiencing emotional states that you haven't addressed. So if you have any trauma in your past, any grief, any of that stuff, that's going to come up and you're going to face it. Well, I mean, I feel like that's similar. That's 
um, common for uh, most psychedelics I've tried is uh, yeah. basically. It's like a it's like a cleansing process. You see you see the pain to be absolved of the pain in some sense, but it's a trip. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, there's sweating. There's there's sometimes there's puking. It doesn't sound like a good time. It honestly doesn't sound like a good time. <laughs> Shit! After I did the pot the show with Markham, I think I might have told you about this. Yeah, you did. Yeah. I was sick that whole night for no reason. And I had the same symptoms he was describing of someone who goes on an ayahuasca trip. And then the next day I woke up and everything was potent, like after a mushroom trip and my, and like, I was, I, you know, I'd felt, I felt elevated and, and like unburdened. That's interesting. Yeah. It's impossible to, uh... well, okay. So it's kind of been my experience that like I've been seeing more and more that the yeah you know, all of these states we experienced on substances were not due to the substances but these are these are states inherent in ourselves and there are many ways to access these places and you don't and I guess the uh, I mean, the real shaman is the one who can freely access these places without any any external tool necessary. And that's what we're doing. That me, that I am the only tool I need to explore these places. I, I the, the problem is I, I don't get to decide when when or if they occur. Uh huh. Yeah, but that's a, that's also kind of similar to uh, substances too. Like, I don't I don't get to decide what shakes out. You know, I don't get to decide how. Sometimes it it'll do nothing. You know, and I've had times when, you know, I yeah I had some kind of emotional release or whatever. And there are times when it's just nothing. Like smoking a cigarette. I don't I don't know what's gonna do. Sometimes it does nothing. Sometimes it's a really interesting experience hmm. for a clarif clarification um no i think i think it's pretty ambiguous whether or not we actually use these substances <laughs> we're talking about apparently uh, i'd like to keep it that way <laughs> yes, i knew that's what you were thinking you're like are you am i gonna am i gonna let them know the facts or are we just gonna let people decide the facts which is funny. We could tell them the facts and they would decide the facts anyway. Huh. <laughs> That's the, hey, my favorite pieces of art, my favorite films. You leave the theater and you've got way more questions than answers. And you've actually got another movie to explore. It's like you watch the film, you're there, or you listen to the show and then you've got to talk about it. So I guess the, uh, the question we'll pose to listeners is, uh, and not knowing, um, why does that? Which of us is more likely to be total head cases? No, no. Than I was? <laughs> why does having a positive or negative answer to that question, whether or not like we're using substances, why does that affect how how you hear what we say? Why does that affect the perception of what we're talking about? 
I want to answer that question. That's a good question. Knowing whether the person I'm listening to has used substances or not affect my relationship to the, the information being shared. Yeah. And why? What does that say? Yeah. What does that say? What is that suggesting about the beliefs I have? Yes. What is it suggesting about the beliefs I have? The beliefs you have. Is it wrong to do drugs? Only within the, you know, the framework we carry around about it. it de- and that depends too. But no, yeah. no, no, that's not wrong. It's not the right word. What do we mean yeah. by wrong? Yeah, that's the thing. What do you mean by wrong? Why, why would it be wrong? What is wrong about it? Is it because of something someone has said or is it because of something someone? The, the wrongness is, is this whole kind of like guilt-based almost framework that's added in. Like that got hammered into me through AA and all that stuff. And my parents, treatment centers, all the stuff, all the people my whole life telling me I can't do this, can't do this, can't do this. That's where that came from. Well, well practically, you know, it was fucking my life up. Um, but the idea that it's wrong or not is added. And then that adds this whole layer of suffering that's not necessary. Yeah, I, I got I got lucky. I got lucky because I didn't uh, I didn't really have that framework. Um so it was all exploratory for me. It was exploratory for me for a long time, but there was also that framework present. And yeah, I tell you, the best, the best times I had were times when that framework wasn't present. I was like, this is what I'm doing right now. You know? Yeah. And I'd be okay with the kind of the darkness in which I'm in without making it something I have to get away from, have to change. Mm. There's freedom in that. There is. Would you say that's what you're interested in? Like that's... I'm, 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 I'm curious about the Holger group. No, I'm not. I'm not. Is what I'm interested in. What? You said, is that what I'm interested in? Well, I was, I was talking, I was thinking about just freedom, like your ability to move, your ability to, to move where you feel called to without any, without any secondary voice in your head or framework that says it's like, no, like the, just the ability to be, to be free. Cause we were texting about what is it? The worst, the worst, uh, what was it you said about police that we agreed on? Um, police cops are the most frightening thing that I actually encounter in life. You know, we can have all these fears and stuff, but the, th- the fears that actually manifest, like police are scary because attached to it, there's this whole framework of getting in trouble. There's this idea that we're not supposed to get in trouble and cops can, and with cops, it's like, um, I'm getting in trouble. There's this framework attached to it. 
like I'm like I'm like there's there's an absolute wrong somehow, and I don't want to. So so the story that we have associated with police officers and law enforcement is they're there to to if you're if you're if you're causing trouble they're there to they're they're there to, they're, you'll you'll get in trouble like they'll get you in trouble they're not there like it's not like they're peacekeepers quote unquote that's not the framework the framework is if they're around i could get in trouble well it's not the police specifically but it's just the idea that the idea of getting in trouble um that there is some kind of absolute wrong that i could engage in and and the idea of if you engage in that wrong then it's really really bad it can't happen you know it's not supposed to happen we can't let it happen like there's just this nebulous and that's the fear that you experience well that's the framework that's brought up um That's why it's those, there's this feeling of like, and it brings up like a feeling of, you know, guilt. I don't know, I can't. So my, uh, my grandfather was a police officer for like 30 years and he used to be Elvis's bodyguard back in the day. And I have this framework, I've had it since I was a kid where like, they're all my grandpa, like they're all this, you know, very strong, um, sincere, charismatically loving people. I just kind of assume that they're honor, like honor is what, how I associate police officers. That's been my framework. And then I get arrested, right? And the fear for me now is like, they're the only, it's the only, because I agree with you, like, I'm not afraid of uh, tigers. I'm not afraid of bears. I'm not afraid of rogue <laughs> missionaries with machine guns. We're, you know, we're not in some politically uh, there's no strife like conflict occurring in, in our area but they're they're the only object that can totally strip away my freedom and there's nothing i can do about it but even then like they can't though they can't they don't have nothing has the power to fundamentally change my experience of myself in the world like they can't actually strip away anything they, they can, can change they can change my material circumstances. They can't touch me. Huh. But see, that's, where that's why they're threatening is because the framework I have of things need to be a certain way and I need to have certain things. They can threaten that. Right. But I, I, I think it's entirely reasonable to suggest that there is someone without such a framework could be totally content being arrested and thrown in jail for the rest of their life and have, have their state of being not change one iota. Yeah, it's reasonable. Yeah. Yeah. I remember uh, last year when I got arrested and I remember, I remember thinking as they, they said, put your hands behind your back. 
and put the cuffs on me. I remember thinking, this is an interesting adventure. I can't believe this is happening right now. I couldn't believe it. Uh Uh, Then I ended up in the cell. And it was just so loud, like just the the just the the metal just metal and concrete for some reason and was really loud and there's no one in the cell with me um it, it felt mechanical i was like i'm in this i'm in a mechanical domain now i'm not in the world of nature man-made is what it felt like all absolute uh-huh. man-made environment and uh it was miserable Yet I saw that and was like, why is it miserable? This is an opportunity. Right. But yeah, that's why, that's why I think I'm on board with what you're saying is like, especially now leaving this conversation, there's nothing to really fear because I'm creating it. I'm creating the fear or it's being created. It's not real. So if I were to become okay with the conditions of jail, um, hasn't it actually given me a greater level of freedom because I no longer have to control my life, my living quarters, my, my basic needs are taken care of. Which is what you're already experiencing. Right. Doesn't it actually make things simpler? Shouldn't I be able to go to a deeper level? with myself without having to worry about securing anything. Have you heard the story of Damien Eccles, the mm-hmm. West Memphis three, Mm-mm. these kids got arrested and they got put into life imprisonment because they were, they were claimed to be Satanists practicing devil worshiping and they murdered a kid. Mm-hmm. Everything was falsified. They were right. just goth kids living in Arkansas, but the, the, the town and all the people in it decided that they were the problem and they, put them away for for their lives. And Damien went into that cell and he did exactly what you just described. He started practicing magic and he attained deep levels of enlightenment. And uh, yeah, I mean, he he got out after 18 years. They proved that all the evidence was falsified and all the shit, it was all bullshit. And now he's, you know, he's just, he's sharing his message. He's sharing how he was able to truly enjoy his experience and realize deeper levels of truth. Just him in a book, in a cell, solitude, 23 hours mm-hmm. a day. Isn't that kind of, isn't that what we're working towards anyway? The ability to be able to do that M- materially with our job, with everything. The th- yeah, and that's what's, in- that's what's interesting is like, the, this is the, I guess, I guess the frustrating part is that it can't be done in any way that I've seen outside of me. Do you know what I'm saying? What do you mean? Like, that is what that is. I would agree with you. Like, that's what I'm hoping to. That's that's what I'm interested in realizing. Interested in experiencing is this that way of being of of just presence and contentment in, in the flow of life, regardless of circumstances. But there's nowhere I can go to do it. And there's nothing that I can change in my life. To cultivate that. I think there are circumstances that make it easier to focus on such a way of being and and cultivation. 
like the the less material pursuits I'm distracted by, you know, suggests the more time I have to focus on this cultivation. I'll, I'll I agree with that. It, it is it, it it's a game of it's a game of seeing. It's a game of seeing where my energy is being or my the attachment is is a strong word but like where am i focused and where is what in my life matters to me that isn't what we're co- currently talking about which isn't truth what is it in this like does it matter i'm in a cell does it matter that i'm in a house does it matter that i have clothes or don't have clothes or have food or don't have food those things matter but is there anything distracting me from the pursuit of, I guess, if I had to put a word to it, I don't actually know what that word would be. Again, I think, you know, the circumstances may make it easier for me to have such a pursuit can't but that's the thing your circumstances have been created for your domain and it's what you've got to work with to get wherever it is you're or to realize whatever it is you're hoping to realize like damien it's it's a weird thing because like a lot of people get thrown in jail and don't have the experience that Eccles had it's like he made something of his experience. Whatever it was that is him made something of that experience. And each one of us has the opportunity to do that. Right. Like that, that's, that's true for everyone everywhere. Like everywhere. most people are thrown into life. And then occasionally people meet the circumstances of their life and find something deeper. The problem is when I start to think I have to go to a cell or an ashram or a mountain yeah. all by myself to get there. It's, I think it takes full acceptance of where you actually are. And I don't think that that can be created. I think it can occur. I got to be able to see what's real or what actually is. That's the, uh, the first step, third step paradox. Yeah, that, that's what we're talking about. Um, I guess in A terminology, like those a genuine experience one and three aren't created i don't choose to just see things clearly suddenly but seeing things clearly sometimes suddenly is required to go deeper into this stuff (laughs) yeah in order to be peaceful i have to like What's the it's like there to walk through the door, the door must of itself appear in front of me, and the desire to walk through it must also appear. Yeah. So there's nothing to do. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. I mean, it always comes back to that. 
like you hash it out long enough, like there's nothing you can do. So the I've been listening to Peterson this week, JP, and not the Morgan. Uh-huh. And uh, he has a, I love some of his line of thought. He talks about being honest. He talks about telling the truth and acclimating yourself to the highest aim. Like if you're given an opportunity to exist on this planet, in this body, whatever body you're in and whatever, having whatever life you're having, what is it you're aiming at? What's your goal? You know, you could say car, you could say house, you could say career. What's your highest possible goal? And, you know, some, and he, he speaks from like the religious perspective at times, cause he's heavy into the Bible. So a lot of people will say, God, my highest aim is to be that. Right. But he said, you can change that word to truth. You can change it to courage. You can change it to love. What is your highest aim? And then be that. Well, Okay, the trick there is also to recognize that your the highest aim, your goal, is not actually your goal. It's just your goal is what you think that thing will get you. If you say your goal is God or union with God, that's because you think union with God will bring you something. It's that you think that will bring you some kind of peace, equanimity. So that's actually the goal. Like the car, my goal is not the car. My goal is the sense of whatever I think the car is going to give me, you know, like maybe happiness or fulfillment. So my goal is fulfillment. And if I see that my goal is fulfillment, then I don't have to waste my time with all these arbitrary objects, I think will get me that. I can see immediately that it's not about the object I'm pursuing. If my goal is fulfillment, I can have that immediately now. So then, so then the question I'm having is then what is it that we're what is it that you do then? What are you aiming at? The, the aim reveals itself to be simply a desire to see things as they are, to see myself as I am. And in that, everything solves itself. <laughs> that's why dude i'm just gonna be off the that's why i think you're like a zen artist because i think that that's zen i think that's there is no there you don't have to there is no goal they're just existing in a way of zen if you had to put words to it the goal is the veil the goal is the goal is a misunderstanding of what i'm actually looking Yes. But you're talking about like, what can we do? Like, is to like be truthful or whatever. Um, that's so like, you know, we talked about there's nothing you can do, but if there is one thing you could do, it's seeing things as they are. Like, don't being honest with what you're actually looking for and finding out 
what it is you think that goal will bring you. And then being honest with yourself, where I am right now, what am I actually, what am I actually doing? Like without these frameworks and fancy words. And then if I can start from here now, as I am, we can get somewhere. But if I'm working towards a goal, I'm trying to affect change from the future. You're meddling in the affairs of the ethereal. Like I, I can't. You know, I can't dunk a basketball from halfway up to the goal. I have to do it with my feet on the ground here. Yeah. And so, so one of the, I guess, and welcome. Uh, I think one of the, I guess one of the things that the, the master does is they allow you to see where you're creating narratives and rationalizations. So a question can be posed. Why are you doing this? And you say, oh, well, because I want to do this and this and this. And it's like, why do you want to do that, 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 and that? So yeah. you just get rid of all the stories we're telling ourselves yeah. about why we're behaving. Yeah. 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 Get down, find out what it is I'm actually looking for. I guess that's it. Like just, and that's honest. That's honesty. If I say I'm trying to get a car, a girlfriend, uh, even happiness, what is it I think that will give me? Say I'm looking for peace. What is it that I think peace will give me? And you follow the thread. No, the thread unwinds itself. And then I'm already here. <laughs> I mean, that's what they all say. And that's kind of what we were alluding to. Pete, thanks for joining us. <laughs> it's what it's kind of what we alluded to about the psychedelic state. It's like the the object actually facilitates the chemicals that are already existing within us. Yeah. It's the same thing. Like the car is going to make me happy. I'm seeking happiness. If the happiness is within you, that means it's here. Yeah. How can I experience it? How do I get to see it? And in my experience, and I'd love Pete to chime in, is I've got to get out of the way. My thoughts, my ideas, my feelings, right? I've got to see things for what they are. And the best way to get out of the way is to honestly face myself as I am now without the stories. <laughs> it's not me that's got to get out of the way. It's the stories about me. Well, what is me? 
Well, yeah. I mean, we can't give that away. You gotta, you gotta. <laughs> anything we say is a story. Like you gotta find out now directly. And that's an answer that is only in the questioner. Like there's not an external source for that answer. Uh uh-uh. uh including a story or anything I could find out. like, And I could spit a bunch of words, but it would just be poetry. Pete, what say you? So what's the underlying uh, topic? Honesty. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Honesty as maybe honesty as the path. And that's, you know, just for now, that's kind of what we're saying. Yeah. Yeah, so seeing, right, so seeing, seeing, uh, seeing myself as I am where I am, like, and actually looking at that, right, like, yeah, 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 yeah. And that's a lot different. So it's all—it's also kind of tricky because the story—the stories run deep. Seeing myself as I am also isn't necessarily just, you know, writing an inventory of what I'm doing right. Yeah, like that doesn't necessarily reveal it. It's going going below all that I could say about myself because everything's an abstraction. You know, the goal, the desire, the, the feelings—they're all. They're, they're layers built on top of something else. What's at the bottom layer? You know, that's the truth, the base truth. Yeah. It's distorted when I put it into words and frameworks. And Well, so that's the biggest shift. That's That in itself is the biggest shift, is that when I can start to recognize it as a story. Like, actually look at, look at all of that um, rather than focus on on your story or its story or right like that's a major that's a major like paradigm shift that has to take place because um, I won't look at the I won't think it's a story I didn't I won't think it's a story. I saw you doing that yesterday. This the great example was what happened yesterday at the group. You remember, you remember what you shared with me in the car? Not I specifically. I'll, sh- I'll share it. You, you, said, you said a lot of times when you're in groups, you're actually meditating. You're watching your, your mind judge. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
Yeah. I, I like, I, I'll recognize that. I recognize it all the time, especially in those, especially in a meeting or, you know, like this person's that, that person's this, like, I wish they'd be different, all that stuff. But what, what I'm saying is that I finally started recognizing that that was what was taking place within me, that that, that was how, like, I could look at that. I could look at what I was doing, like how I was taking external things in right and um in the past that sort of stuff would just keep layering itself and layering itself and layering itself and layering itself until i became completely disinterested and uh and even going to that type of situation like right like even being in a meeting it would remove me from i wouldn't be able to actually go i'd be so like I'd be so delusional about what was really going on that I couldn't, I, I wouldn't be interested in going. Right. So it's like, fuck this. It's just this. It's just that. It's just these people doing this. So blah, reasons, blah, 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 reasons blah. on reasons on reasons right. and then no reason to go anywhere. Yeah. Right. And then all of a sudden, like that'll build up to a, that'll build up to a, a place where I'll be sitting there, like recognizing that, that, meeting was available at that time but i'd be like fuck that i'm not going to that yeah and it's it's for a reason it was built on top of so at first so yeah a thought pops up a judgment and then i just casually accept it and then yep. based on that thought that i've taken to be true i'll have more thoughts on top of that and then based on those thoughts i'll start having behaviors and actions and so it's this random arbitrary thought that pops up yeah. and I just, I just accept it. And then I've started building this tower. Um, and then I get to a place. Yeah. Where I'm yeah. like, I watch it. I've been watching this week in particular, I've been seeing those starter ideas. Um, the idea, just, just a judgment about something pops up and then, and then I realized, wait a second, I was about to just accept that as true and then base further thoughts on that. So that, so that's, I think we were getting at this when it comes to honesty, the, I guess what we're talking about is, is I, I think I was doing it in the intro, but like truth, like discernment. Like the reason I think I do this show is because I'm interested in discerning the true from the false. And I have to hear myself speak to do that. And I have to hear what other people say and see. I have to know what you're seeing, Reed, and what you're seeing, Pete, that I can't see. So I can somehow discern truth, the true from the false. Yeah. So like in an, for an example, right? Like everybody here. Read Adam, me, like we've all been in a position to quote unquote be helpful to somebody that might want to experience what we experience, right? Like, well, well, wait, 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 Pete, because because I, 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 this, I was trying to tie in this to what Reed was saying because there's a level of when you're seeing it, the thought, and you're going to accept it as true, and then your mind goes, wait a second. Am I about to accept this as true? Am I judging this or am I not judging it? How do I feel about this information? Whatever it may be. 
that is discernment. And that's what you were referring to, Pete, last episode about, I think that's how one creates their own philosophy through that pursuit. What is it that I'm experiencing and seeing and receiving? I'm, I'm, I'm digesting it. I'm listening. I'm digesting it. I'm having thoughts about it. How do I discern? And that's right. where philosophy is created. Right. Well, and what I was getting at is that, like, one of the things I will, I will, I will say to someone that is like, in a way, I think it's sort of ludic- ludicrous, but I understand it. Where like somebody will say, "Hey, um, would you do this work with me?" Or like, "Would you?" Okay, great. And we, 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 you and I kind of talked about this on the car ride over there, right? Yesterday, and yes, right, like this, this. Um, and it's like, well, okay. So then all of a sudden I'm engaging with another person. Like I'm engaging in that, in that opportunity. Someone's asked you for help. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Right. So, and, and for me, like in that, in that situation, like I have certain conditions that the other person must meet or must comply to in order for me to be willing to provide, to, to go through with that, to set up the first appointment. Right. Let me let me tell Reed what we're talking about so he knows. Reed, so somebody asked me to sponsor them the other day. And uh, when I met with them, he told me he wasn't really interested in AA. Uh, he's not. He's going to the groups. He doesn't feel comfortable sharing. He doesn't connect with it. He is interested in Dharma recovery. Dharma uh, recovery. I've never done Dharma recovery. And uh, I've read through it. I've, I've looked into it. When I've met with him, we met for an hour, heard a story, shared a bit of mine. And I said, let's do this. We can do one of two things. We can do, we can go through the book, the AA book, or we can go through the Dharma recovery book. Your choice. Yeah. I'm open to either. Yeah. So that's, and I asked Pete what he thought about that. That's, that's what Pete's referring to. Yeah. And I shared my idea about that, but, but then the thing that I'll always make clear is if the conditions for that person to work with me, like to, 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 and to come to me, if they're willing to meet those conditions, then I'm willing to set the first appointment and, and do, and do the work, like go through it. Right. Like one appointment at a time. Um, however, the thing that I make very, very clear, not necessarily with like super new people, but like with people maybe that have been doing the dance for a while, like trying to catch this thing or whatever. Right. Like, I'll, I'll say to them, look, I will share with you everything that is that like I've experienced to the best of my ability, but it's up to you to chop this up for yourself. Like you are a sponge and it's your obligation or it's your duty to um, make sense of the sponge for yourself. Like whatever, whatever sticks, sticks. It's like it's an individual. It's an individual experience for yourself like for you in your life. And you raised, you raised a good point yesterday. You said, have you ever done Dharma recovery? So how, 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 how am I expected to help someone through Dharma recovery? If I've never actually done Dharma recovery. Right. Yeah. It shouldn't matter. Like if you have, you have a genuine experience, you don't have 
you have, it's not that you've memorized the book and memorized what your sponsor told you. No. You've, you've had an experience with the spiritual path. It shouldn't matter what fucking book you pick up. You can pick up any book and walk someone through it. Even if you, if I've never read it. You don't, what, what, what is it going to say that you don't know? <laughs> no, well, this is, this is yeah, my point. That's though. what I'm saying. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Go through it with them. Walk through it together with them. Like that's, that sounds like a, but so in, <laughs> in that situation for me, I wouldn't do it. Like I personally wouldn't feel comfortable going into that. And maybe that's a closed minded perception that I have, but I, I would say, look, like, that's great. Like, that's really, that sounds really cool. Um, but this is, this is what I do. Like, this is, this is what I've done and this is what I do. And I, I know from my experience of walking through this specific recipe, like what can occur, what has occurred in my life and how I, how I live today. Right. If I was interested in doing the Dharma thing, I would go and seek out somebody that has, has, that lives that way and ask them like, Hey, I'm, I'm curious about this. I'd like to go through it because I, personally for me, I want to be around somebody that's had the, um, had a genuine experience with whatever it is that they're doing. Yeah. But like, you are that person. You've already uh, had a genuine I, experience. I, I know. I know. But the, 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 um, the, the mechanism is different. Like I don't have experience with that mechanism. Yeah. But it's not the mechanism you're trying to teach someone. Well, yes you know, and no. They, they, the, the mechanism is a means to have a real experience. Um, it doesn't, you know, matter what. I mean, yeah, no, I, I understand what you're saying. I just am saying for myself that I wouldn't feel comfortable having no experience with something and walking through it with somebody that um, is telling me what to do. Like, they're... That person's coming to me asking me to do like to be a to be a part of of their uh, their life. And what I'm saying is, is that in that situation, you don't get to like come up with the options. If you're if you're if you're if you're existing in a hierarchy, an authoritative hierarchy where there's a teacher and a pupil. Yeah, because if you're, if you're just another bozo on the bus there, there shouldn't be any any mentor protege thing it should be a symbiotic relationship no i understand what you're saying but but that that's part of that's part of the individual philosophy that's what i'm like that's like that has to be owned like i have to be i have to be in ownership of that's of, of my of how i'm operating right like you might you might be yeah. completely comfortable with that with that set of circumstances like like and that that's totally cool like that doesn't i don't have any I don't have any, you know, thumbs up or thumbs down with that. It doesn't matter to me. I'm just saying for my own, for my own structure, from the, for how I operate in the world, like that wouldn't be something that I would be willing to do. But that's, that's for me. That's for me. I'm not saying it's right or wrong, but what I am saying is, is that I can go to sleep at night knowing that I'm aware of that. And I've seen that I've, I, I saw it and I looked at it and was like, okay, this isn't something I'm willing to do. For me, it, but it, it makes it makes me wonder, and I and I and I I, I feel I don't want to. It makes me wonder because somebody who has a, a problem with cocaine, okay, right, okay, and, and says, Pete, I hear what you say, I'm listening, I'm into it, 
Can you help me? Right. Right. And I'd have a conversation with him. Yeah. You'd have a conversation. Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. I'd invite, I'd, I'd invite them to have a conversation like, Hey, yeah, I'm willing, like, let's, let's have a chat. Let's, I'd, I'd like to know more about you. I'd like to hear your story. I'd like to learn about your experiences and like, let's meet for coffee and have a, have a, have a chat. And that's, and that's what I'm, I'm curious because like we were talking about this yesterday is like the deflation moment to me yeah. is really the only pre prerequisite. It doesn't matter whatever it was that brought them to that total self deflation or the, the breaking point of like, I don't, ha I, I don't got it. Anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. And I still don't understand that by the way. Like, I don't know how that happens. Me either. That's what, if we can do anything helpful, that's it's to help someone cultivate that experience and go deeper. Right. That's it. That's all I we're agree. trying. I'm not trying. I, I agree to with help that. Stop drinking. Stop taking drugs. Like it, yeah. it could be anyone with any problem. Like we, yeah. there's no. It can. Hey, my girlfriend dumped me. I don't want to live anymore. Yeah, it I'll doesn't do matter. It could literally yeah. be anyone on earth with any problem. Yes, the ex the experience we've had. I, I, I think the experience I have is no. I can't say that. Like the problem, the problem is secondary. Well, if, this like is, you said, but this is why it's, this is interesting to me is because like if I'm using the AA book, someone comes to me that that have has been the world has surrendered them. They have entered the breaking point. They know they don't have any answers and they're willing to listen to someone who seems to carry themselves well. Please guide me. Tell me what I can do. I know I'm fucked. doesn't matter why they got fucked. They just know they're fucked. Right. And the only text I can refer to is a book about alcoholism. For me, that's a problem. Like, I want to be able to be helpful to anybody. Why do I need a text? Well, I don't think I know how to live. I know how to live. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's a good point. Now, <laughs> now, now you do. But someone doesn't have to walk through the same process that I did to get where they have to walk through the process they need to walk through to get where they are. Right. And what I'm saying is, what I'm saying is, is that. I have my experience with all of like what, what it was for me. And I, I'm happy to share that with someone, but it goes back to the individual experience. Like that has to be someone that has to be there. It, it's coming from them. There's nothing that I can do to pass on that willingness or that thirst to do something different. Yeah. Yeah. Like that, that that's all I'm saying. And that's all I'm you're, saying. But, you, but you're also, you're also saying, this is what you're also saying that I'm, this is what I know. And this is where I can help you. No, just, yeah, this is, these are my experiences as a result of what I've done. Right. This is what it was for me. This is what I did. This is what happened to me. This is how I felt. This is what I experienced. Right. Like, right. and that's, I can share that with someone else. Right. And that person might come back to me and say, you know what? Like, I still want to do the Dharma thing, or I still want to do this, or I want to do that. And my answer to them is for myself is like, that's fantastic. And I like, I urge you to, to follow your, like to follow that, to follow whatever it is. However, for me, I'm not able, I'm not, I'm not able to do that. Got it. 
I'm not able, I'm not able, I, I, I won't be doing that with you. Right. Cause, cause right? you, you know where your playing field is for me, for, for me. You. Yeah. yeah, And yeah. that, that playing field has changed, right? Like, and Reed brought up a really interesting point. So like, I don't need, like, I don't need the, I don't need the text anymore. Like I don't need the book. Like it's not about the book or it's not about the, the specific nature of the path anymore. Right. Like I've been living a, a you know, a certain way for a, for a good while now. And like what that's done for me is it's opened up everything, right? Like I would be curious about looking at the Dharma recovery, but I would, I would look for somebody or like make a phone call or send an email to somebody that's done that. Right. And been like, Hey, I'd like to experience this. You know, would you be open to taking me through this work? Well, I've already experienced it though. I've already experienced the no, I know, I know, but what I'm saying is, is I haven't experienced the, I haven't experienced the, like the, the, the mechanism or the, or the, the material things in relationship to ship to that. No, right? you know, no, you know that's bullshit. There's no the, the change the material mechanism, and then you're gonna get what? You're gonna get you right now. No, no, I, I, no, no. I, I, I hundred, like I know that hundred <laughs> percent. I know that hundred percent, but it's like a that's different also, recipe to get the same cake. Like you, no, I know. But that's what I'm saying is, is that's also why it's not necessary for me to seek someone out that is a Dharma recovery guru. <laughs> like, I I don't foresee myself actually doing the Dharma recovery guru thing, right? Like, I'm impartial to it. I'm like, oh, that's great. That's cool. But for somebody that has like for somebody that hasn't had that experience, right, like they're still trying to navigate. They're still looking for a mechanism, knowing that there's like, not knowing there's no mechanism. There, yeah, there's, there's a stage in which the, the tools and mechanisms are extremely beneficial. Yeah. hundred percent. But what happens is, is as I, as I go through it, as I go through the, 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 as I go up the ladder or I start taking these things, right? Like I go, I go through it. And at a certain point during that process, I'm like, well, there's no fucking ladder. And everything's available. Right, right. Then, then, then I can start looking at my, I can start looking at myself and I can start looking at my thoughts and my ideas and like what, what controls me and what dominates me and what doesn't. And like, right. Like I start to, I start to create my own philosophy for myself rather than having that philosophy dictated to me by someone else, rather than having that philosophy dictated to me by, uh, by the news or a, a certain book or a family member or whatever, right? Like I start to go through this, this elimination process of how I'm operating in the world. And I think that's fascinating. I think that's cool. I mean, even to this day, I still have so many things that dominate me that I never, I, I, I can't see. I can't really see them. I had, I had one earlier and, and I wouldn't have seen it without what, what Reed and I were talking about. And I yeah. think that's honesty, though. That is. I mean, that's. I think that's. Well, that's. I think that's like, there's a level of honesty there. We're like, I'm like, oh, wow. Like this fucking idea in relationship to women still dominates you or politics or like money or like all these different areas of of of, of the game. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. That, I mean, that's what I think that's what the what I'm interested in is seeing is seeing these things so I can move through and beyond that. For myself, for myself. myself. Yeah. And yeah. And, and then there's the other side of it where it's like, okay, that's, that's cool. Like, I'm just going to flow, man. 
I'm just going to, I'm just going to flow. I'm just like, whatever. I, I don't, I'm not interested in any of that stuff. I'm not interested. Like, great. That's great. But like, that has to be, that can't be because I said, that's what you should do. That's got to be something that you've chopped, like a person's chopped up for themselves and been like, you know what? I'm going to run this. Like, I'm, this is, I'm going to live this way. Like, that's the, that's the, the ownership piece. That's the authenticity um, piece, right? Like, and it's neither here nor there. It's just, in my belief, it has to come from the individual. It can't be, it can't be a societal narrative that's plugged into someone, right? Like, I don't think a person can be like experience any sort of peace there or like, it's not even peace. It's like um, any sort of uh, authenticity, you know? Like authenticity and experience. I don't know. Does that make sense? No. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. That's what I was, you know, I, I, I guess I was talking about it at the intro of the show. I mean, I, um, discerning, I, distinguishing, recognizing the difference between the world and my world and realizing that I'm not really interested in either. Right. Okay. Yet I find myself like I st- paying attention to news and making this podcast so I can see things that I wouldn't normally see, you know, so I don't know why any of this is the way it is. Right. The, the reasons for the reasons I come up with for what I'm doing are after after the fact they're just kind of I come up with reasons to say I'm doing this because X, I'm doing this because Y. Um, just the mind automatically does that in order to feel like it's in control. Mm-hmm. Um, the desire and the action arose on its own before the thought, this is why I'm doing this. Um, and I try not to take credit or try to explain what's happening because it's just a story I've added afterwards. Um, I think, you know, anything I seem to be doing is just, I mean, something something else is running the show. And I, I get I get the front row seat to witness what this particular organism, what part this body mind plays in this whole show. Um, that's all. Yeah. I'm not the one creating. It's like, you know, being the paintbrush rather than the artist. Mm-hmm. Right. But see that, that goes to my, my, my point though. It's like that, that for like that for you is what, like that's ownership. Like you've chopped, you've chopped this stuff up. Like you've chopped up a bunch of stuff to come, to come to these places where you can recognize like how, how you're moving Like what, what like your organism in the, in the, in whatever this is. You've chopped it up enough to see that you're being moved. Well, it's like you chop it up enough so that you chop it up fine enough so that it just fucking, it's not blocking your view anymore. Right. But you did that individually. 
there wasn't anybody cramming anything down your throat or saying like, this is what you need to do, or this is what you have to do, or this is what you need to be like you individually have done that. Like Adam's done it. I've done it. Like, I don't take credit for that. I never, I never uh, conjured up well, okay. this desire to see things that way. Regardless know? of its source, regardless of its source, the information was going in somehow. Like the, the actions or the activities that took place to, to read a different book or to listen to a different speaker or to like sit in meditation and have these, like go through that process, like whatever that is, right? Like, like that took place for you. That took place for me. That took place for Adam. Like that took, that takes place for anybody that's in ownership of their life. Like. I don't think I can say why it takes place because the owner taking ownership of your life is a result of that process. Like it's I don't know either. I don't know either. But what I'm saying is, is that it does, it does happen. Like it, it does, it, it does happens. take, it does take place in, in some, like somehow. Like I, I don't even, like I have, I have no understanding, like why I'm in, like why I even, uh, why I have a morning routine and an evening routine. Like I just do it. <laughs> like, right. That I mean, literally I'm... just, I literally just do it. Like so I, I, I sit, take no credit for, uh, these these practices they pop yeah. up on their own yeah and the, the i don't even know why do. i'm interested in it yeah well i would say now that i've got, i would say it's because you, you, you we've grappled with our lives yes that's my point that's my point i mean still that implies to me too much ownership and credit to say i grappled with my life well, that's, well, that's the turning point is like. Someone once, dropped into a whirlpool is going to try to explore. Maybe they get there. Maybe they don't. But that's, but that's what's, that's, what's interesting is like. I grappled the, the turning point was when I stopped grappling with my life. That was the turning point. My whole life. I was grappling with it when I stopped. Right. Right. But that had to happen. Right. We don't know. Right. We don't know how or why. Or that had to happen. <laughs> we come back to this fucking like, the only thing we can do is wait for the door to appear on its own and wait for the desire to walk through the door to also appear. And smoke, yes. smoke cigs, do ayahuasca and pone noobs, dude. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then it, uh, right. And then it, and then it goes from there. There, there's a really cool, there was a really interesting podcast and I was telling uh, Adam about this yesterday, but Sam Harris and Jordan Peterson, like have a two hour discussion. And Sam Harris is a really interesting guy. And I think Jordan Peterson is really interesting, but Sam Harris is coming from this place of um, both, both sort of academic philosophy, but twisted in with like heavy Eastern exposure. So like masters of meditation and like, he's, He's gone, he's done a lot of interesting things. And then Jordan Peterson is, you know, very clinical, right? He's a very clinical, the way he West, communicates. Western, Jungian, very clinical, but he does, psychoanalysis. He touches in a bit of, uh, you know, uh, philosophy and he talks about spirituality a little bit, right? But like, so there's two people and each one of those people has clearly, clearly has their own philosophy. Like they're very, very comfortable with themselves. 
Sam's over here. Jordan's over here. Does it matter where it came from? I don't, I don't think it does. But what I'm saying is, is like both of those people are operating in the world, which seems to be in a very neutral, comfortable place. And they see it completely differently. Like, but what I'm saying is, is that they've clearly looked at it for themselves. However, that happens. Right? Like, that's, that to me is, it's, it's, it's fascinating, right? Like, there's no, there's, there's very little discomfort there. Would you, Sam, would you, go ahead. Would you say, they, would you say they see it differently or just describe it differently? That's a good question. I'm not sure. I, like, <laughs> yeah, I, I think, yeah. like, I, I don't, I don't really know, like, they're, they're, they'll, they'll use different words, but like, you can almost see it taking place. Like when they're communicating, you can almost see their own individual philosophy, like, and then they're very open people. So it's like, there can be a converging idea that Jordan talks to Sam about and Sam's sitting there, like listening to it with no judgment, like just taking it in looking at it for himself. And then the same thing happens with Jordan. Like he'll be sitting there, like you can see he's, you know, he's not reacting. He's just look, he's just like, okay. And then he'll, you can see him processing it for himself and then he'll express something else, right? Like, and it's, it's like a mast. It's just mass. You can just see mastery. Like you can just see two guys that have gone to the mats with themselves, you know, like they've just, they've really gone to the mat. Yeah. So in that process where the two are meeting each other and having this discussion, is it the individuals that are evolving and gaining new ideas or is it the universe itself working out its own philosophy of itself? Yeah. Heavy question, right? Because it's, a, it's both. Yeah. I mean, it's a you little can, bit of all that. Yeah, you can see it working through them, but then you can also, like, I also see the, like, something the individual bigger. piece of it as well. Like, the something bigger is taking play. Yeah, yeah. Individual, yeah, but on a bigger plane, like, ideas themselves are evolving through people. Yeah, you definitely, I definitely get the, like, I, I definitely get the sense that there's a bigger game. Like, there's a bigger game, there's a, there's something bigger there, but that they're playing the game within the game. Like, and it's, it's, and Jordan talked about this, but he was saying like anybody that can play in their life, like that's mastery, like a, a human being that can play and like, you can just see them playing. It's like, they're, they're just, they're, it's like a bunch of guys like at the card table watching a football game, but they're talking about philosophical and like these, you know, these really, for most people, in-depth technical sort of ideas. And, um, but like, they're just like, shooting the shit with each other, like playing, but they're not, they're not on guard. They're not like defending anything. They're not trying to make someone see it a certain way. They're like accepting because they're okay in themselves. It's great. It was a great, great episode. It was just awesome to watch. I don't remember half of what they talked about. I was just enamored with their, their presentation, like their, their states of being. Hmm. Does God evolve 